All right. We're going to continue on. Uh, welcome to Mill City again. My name is Stephanie. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you again for joining us on this warm day. Today is Intergenerational Sunday, which Pastor JD mentioned, which every fifth Sunday we just try to say, hey, what would it look like for us to be people who say, we love all generations, life stages, everyone is one church. So that's what we're doing today. One of the things that means specifically today is that our elementary kids are staying in here to worship with us. So let's give them a big welcome. Welcome, elementary kids. We're so glad you're here. It also means that we're going to have just a little bit more fun because one of the things that the gifts that kids give us in life is fun, isn't it? So we're going to have a little more fun. So post-it notes maybe don't sound fun, but the idea is we're going to do a few more things. So uh, these guys are passing out post-it notes. Also, the kids were invited to take one of these coloring sheets, but guess what? We print out it enough for most of you adults to have one too. So you grab one of these, grab a pen, but you're gonna need a pen and a post-it note for sure. So as these guys are passing these out, we're gonna, we're gonna interact together today. It's gonna be really fun. I'm really excited. So one of the things I always wanna say to our, our kids or our students, everybody who's 18 and under, um, there's a temptation for us sometimes in the church to say, these people are the future of the church. But I wanna tell you something, you are not the future of the church. You are part of our church right now. We don't say you're the future, you are the present just as much as the rest of us and we hope we get to be a part of the future and you're a part of the future, but I want every kid to hear me say that this is your church right now and we want you to feel like you're a part of it. And so this is why we invite some of you when you're really young to come in and then this is a big reason why our student ministry is a part of our worship service every single Sunday. We want you to feel like this is your church. And so that means you guys can talk to me about the sermon and ask me questions if you're confused, we want you to feel connected. So today we're gonna to continue in a, a conversation we've been having called The Books We Don't Read. The Books We Don't Read, and it's on the Minor Prophets. Uh, maybe some of you have read the Minor Prophets, but many of us don't, and if we do, we don't very often. And so kids, if you have never read the Minor Prophets, starting in Hosea, going all the way to Malachi, you're, it's not because you're a kid, we often just don't read them. And so we're working really hard this summer to say, these are the books that we don't read, but now these are gonna be the books that we read, the books we read. And so we have some ways to do that. Um, and so these 12 books are often called the Book of the Twelve, the Book of the Twelve. And they're called the Minor Prophets, not because they're not a big deal like the Major Prophets, but because the Major Prophets are a lot longer and the Minor Prophets are a lot shorter. So one of the cool things about reading them is that it doesn't take that long because they're short. And so we're encouraging you to check that out this summer. Um, I'll just give you a quick overview. So you can see this history of Israel up here. Roland will put it up here on the screen. And you can see when the minor prophets were speaking into the history of Israel. So kids, you might notice uh, Abraham or Saul or David or Solomon, these stories that you've heard. The prophets are coming after all those people. After all those leaders, you see these, these people speaking into the life of the people. There's some really crazy things going on at this time, including people who are not being very good leaders that we call the kings. They've got a lot of issues, it's not going well. The people aren't listening to God. You'll see what, a little bit more about that in our story today. And so the most important thing to know is that a prophet is somebody who gives a warning from God. A warning because God loves people and wants to warn them about things that might be bad for them. And so these prophets are warning people on behalf of God, and they're also talking about things that God is going to do in the future, all right? So this is what a prophet is. It's kinda like, for kids, here's an example. It's kinda like when your parents tell you, like, listen, I know you ate all that candy, and I know you're staying up, like, really past your bedtime, but if you stay up any later, tomorrow's gonna be really bad, and you're gonna be really crabby. And adults have to tell them th themselves that sometimes, too. 
Like, it's better to turn the Netflix off and go to sleep because tomorrow is going to be bad. I can see Christine's agreeing with me. Christine's like, that happens to me. I got to turn that off. So this is warnings from God except about really big things. Really, really big things. Like, God is warning people because they're going to hurt themselves really bad. God is warning people because they're hurting other people really bad. And God is saying, watch out. You need to stop. Things are not going to go well if you keep doing these things that are so bad for you and so bad for other people because I love these other people and I don't want to see them go through this. And I love you and I care about you. And so you'll also see in this next slide that the prophets are not in uh, chronological order in the Bible. And so we're kind of going through them from chronological order. We're not going to do all of them. We had Hosea, we had Micah, and today it's Habakkuk. So there's Habakkuk and there's Habakkuk, all right? And I have no idea which one's going to come out of my mouth the whole morning. So just, it's tomato, tomato, potato, potato. There's really no way for me to totally deal with this. You know, who says roof and who says roof? Some of you have opinions about that stuff. Let it go today, all right? So Habakkuk is Habakkuk, Habakkuk, whatever. I'd also like to point out that th there's a lot of you who have named your kids after prophets. I mean, we already have Ezekiel, we have Daniel, we have, let's see, I wrote them down, Micah, we have a, an Isaiah, we have Amos, but Habakkuk is still up for grabs. So that one, I'm, I don't think we have a Zephaniah yet either, and I'm like 100% sure there's no Haggai yet. So there is a lot left, and if you wanna name your child after a prophet, considering what we know about prophets, that is up to you, my friends. We offer prayer support, but that, that's up to you how you name those children. Uh, so we're going to encourage people to do a few things over the summer. The next slide will show you the, the Bible Project. Some of you have checked out the Bible Project. These are videos that help us understand the Bible. These guys are excellent at what they do. And we've pulled together all the videos for the Minor Prophets onto our blog, millcitychurch.com slash training slash blog. You can find it right there. We put it up on our social media because then it can go from the books that we don't read to the books that we read. And I really want to encourage you to check that out. Final thing, the way that we're looking at all these books, a few weeks ago I said, it's through the lens of Micah 6.8. How many of you have heard the, the verse Micah 6.8 before? Raise your hand. It is one of the most common verses from the Minor Prophets. We'll put it up here on the screen. This is what it says. He has shown you, O human, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I wrote a kid version. So this is the Mill City Kid version, M-C-K-V, okay? You ready for this, kids? So this is an explanation of that same verse. Hey, everybody, God has shown you what is good and what God wants you to do. Help God in making wrong things right. Forgive and help others like God does. Remember God all the time and how great God is. And so I put some glasses on the screen to say, when we read all these words that these prophets have to say, because some of them are really hard to hear, what we want to do is read them like we're wearing Micah 6-8 glasses, Micah 6-8 lenses, where we're saying the reason God is saying all of this is because this is what God wants for us. We can do this. We can join in and help God make wrong things right. We can be people who forgive other people and love other people and serve them like God does for us. And we can be people who walk with God, with Jesus as our best friend. This is what God hopes for us, and that's why God's giving us all these warnings. So these are the lenses that we're keeping. So let me pray, and we'll jump right into Habakkuk, Habakkuk. God, we welcome you to this place. We thank you that your spirit is among us. We pray that you would bless all the students and staff of Sheridan School, wherever they are right now, as they're on the summer break. We pray over summer school as well. God, that you would be present and that your presence would make a difference. And we're so humbled that we get to worship here in this school. We thank you for the, the hospitality that Sheridan has shown us. 
And God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning just like you spoke to your people thousands of years ago through these prophets. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I asked the community time question. Pastor JD said it was negative. Look, I'm really terrible at the community time questions. And so until somebody takes that off my plate, usually I end up with the really bad ones. So I asked the question, what's something that you complain about often or you hear other people complaining about? And there's a lot of things. I think that I'll just name a couple without having you shout them out because we could get here, we could be here all day. But uh, politics, uh, your supervisor, your boss, your job, school, being bored. Um, I wrote down just the things I heard people this week. Um, being really tired and overwhelmed and uh, hungry and thirsty. We hear those a lot depending on what kind of household you live in. But there's one thing that I think Minnesotans complain about and talk about more than anything. Does anybody know what it is? The weather, yes. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too rainy, it's too snowy, it's too dry, it's too, all oh, right, right? We're always complaining about it. And this is actually a really good way for us to think about the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk as a prophet is basically complaining, okay? He's offering a, a complaint to God, multiple complaints to God. But it's really important that we recognize that what he's doing is actually offering really deep complaints about things that are really sad and really hard, things that he feels angry about and hurt about, maybe a little bit deeper than it's too hot, although it's really hot in here and that does feel oppressive. But he's talking about really deep things that are really sad. And he's having a really hard time dealing with these realities. And so Habakkuk wants to tell God, I see these things and I'm mad, I'm sad. And he offers these complaints to God. The Bible has another word for complaints and that's lament, laments. And what's so cool about the Bible is that it tells us that God is okay with us complaining to him. God is okay with us saying, God, I'm sad. God, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. That God is a God who's not scared of that and says, you can tell me that stuff and you can tell me what you want me to do about it. I'm not always gonna do exactly what you want, but I am a God who is doing things. So tell me, tell me what you're sad about. Tell me what you're hurt about. Just like a loving parent says, you can tell me. And sometimes a parent can do something about it and sometimes a parent doesn't, right? But the parent says, I wanna hear it. Now, if you say you're hungry too many times when I don't have any food, I don't wanna hear that. But you can tell me about the things that make you really sad. You can tell me the things that make you really hurt and angry. I wanna hear those things. And God is a God like that. And so the whole book of Habakkuk is Habakkuk talking to God. All the other prophets, it's the prophet speaking to the people, but not in this one. This is very unique. Habakkuk is talking to, to God about the people and saying the things that he sees happen. And he knows he can do that because he's read the laments that are in uh, the book of Psalms, the songs that David said are the laments, the things that, God, that, he, that was hurting his heart that he shared with God. So Habakkuk knows I can approach God with my complaints and my laments, so he does. So there is a really real reality here. Um, I've invited Becca Zongo to come do two of our scripture readings today, so she's gonna come up, and she's gonna read our first scripture today from the first book of Habakkuk. We're gonna read one scripture from Habakkuk 1, she's gonna read a second one from Habakkuk 2, and then I'll read one from Habakkuk 3. So she's gonna come up, and as she comes up, let me just tell you what's happening here. Habakkuk is seeing some really sad things happening. He's seeing people who are just forgetting that God cares about them and they're not listening to God anymore. They're not caring for poor people. They're hurting poor people and taking advantage of them. He's seeing that people's leader, the leaders are really bad and they can't be trusted and they're hurting other people and taking from them when they have very little left. And so he's seeing all this happen and he sees all these people, Habakkuk sees these people he loves and they're hurting really bad. And so he cries out to God and this is what he says. Becca's gonna read it for you. This is the message that came to the 
prophet Habakkuk in a vision from God. O Lord, how must I call for help before you will listen? I shout to you in vain. There is no answer. Help, murderer, I cry, but no one comes to save. Must I forever see in this sin and sadness all around me? Habakkuk 1, 1 through 3. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. Good job. We'll bring you right back up in a few minutes, okay? She's, she's trying to get my job, and that might not be too far off, so that's good. So, so let me just tell you just really quick what happens. If you have your little coloring sheet, this is so cool. The Bible Project has these images, and there's these videos. You should watch them. But if you do have one of these, pull it out. I'm just going to talk through what happens really briefly, so you might want to go back and look at it um, on the video. But when you see that first, the first overview there, you can see what happens in just these short, it's one of the shortest ones. It's just three chapters, okay? But a lot happens in a very short amount of time. So put uh, one and two up there. When you see the first part, what's happening is that, that Habakkuk is complaining to God. He complains two times. So put the first one up there for me, Rollin. So he complains and he says what, I just, what we just read, what we just heard Becca read. How long will you cause me to have to watch this sadness and this sin going on? People are getting hurt, even to the point of murder. That's how bad it was getting. And it was breaking his heart. And so God responds, and he responds and says, you know what? I hear you, Habakkuk, and I see all these things. Guess what? There's going to be a group that's really powerful called the Babylonians, and the consequences of all of this going on is that these guys are going to come in, and they're going to be big and powerful and scary. Well, guess what? Habakkuk doesn't like that very much. Go to the next slide. Habakkuk says, wait a second. That's not good. The Babylonians are even worse than the people of Israel are being right now. That's not good, God. No, 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 no. Please do something else. What's going to happen? And he says that I'm going to be like a watchman on a wall waiting for God. See how he's standing on the wall? Sometimes when we pray, we're waiting for God to answer, and it's kind of like that. We're standing on a wall waiting for God, saying, I'm a, I'm a watch person on the wall listening for God. And so he says, I'm going to listen, God. And God's response is really interesting. He says, you know what? I hear you. I don't think that Babylon's doing good things either. I'm just telling you the consequences of these people's lives is that these other people are going to come in. And it's not going to be good, and I don't think what they're doing is good. Don't be confused. I'm not condoning what they're doing. This is what God says to Habakkuk. He says, I'm just telling you that this is going to happen, and it's going to be really hard. And that's because these people have been going away from me for a very long time. No nations choose to follow me, he says, and even my people aren't choosing to follow me. This is why God is so sad, and God is so hurt. But there's something really interesting. Go to this next Next slide, next one. There's something really interesting here. When the, the term Babylon is used, of this community, it's an actual group of people. It's an actual group of people that came in the history of Israel. But when the prophets are talking about Babylon and they're looking towards the future, they're saying any kingdom that's not the kingdom of God is kind of like a Babylon. It's kind of like a group of people that don't want to give their whole heart to God. And so every other of the, the little kingdoms, sometimes I call them the little kingdoms, every little country, every little place, sometimes it's geographical, sometimes it's the kingdom of, of, uh, of finances and the kingdom of, there's lots of little kingdoms in the world. All of those little kingdoms will eventually be like Babylon compared to the kingdom of God. Only the kingdom of God is always doing justice and loving mercy and having humility. And that's what God is trying to point out here. It's so important. But then the next thing that God says is something even better. Guess what? Habakkuk, I promise you something. Even though these scary people are going to come in the future, there's going to be something amazing that happens. Show this next screen. I'm going to defeat evil. I'm going to bring justice to everybody. 
and I'm going to rescue all of the oppressed. God says this, but it's gonna be in the future. But that's a pretty big hope, isn't it? And Habakkuk needed to hear that. He needed to hear that there was a future hope that was really, really good. And so he heard that. And then God said to, to him, but you know what? I feel some pretty big sad woes and laments as well. And there's five things, so put that next slide up there. God says, you know, when I see the, his, the, the kingdom of Israel and when I see Babylon, here's five things that I'm pretty upset about. Now, as I read them, think about if you would be upset too. Number one, people are forgetting poor people. They're forgetting that there's people who have needs. Number two, people are taking advantage of those poor people. They're taking from them what little they have left. Number three, people are treating other people like property, like slaves. They're not seeing the image of God in the other people. Number four, the leaders are being irresponsible. And when you look at the picture, you see they're drinking too much alcohol and they're taking advantage of people and they're abusing women. And God says, that makes me angry. And then fifth, idolatry, or people are worshiping other things besides God. And when we hear those five woes, those five laments that God has, part of what's hard for us is to recognize we see some of those things around us today, don't we? Those things that break God's heart, we see around us. We see people forgetting the poor and taking advantage of them. We see people who sometimes treat other people like they're less than, like they're not, like they're not fully human. And we know in our world, there's still people who are being treated like slaves and owned as property. We see in our world that there are leaders who are being irresponsible and not caring well for the people that they're supposed to lead. And we see even in our own lives how often there's an idol or something else that we focus on way more than God. Do you, not if you, if you see some of these things around you sometimes. So God is just saying this kind of stuff makes me angry and, and Habakkuk, it should make you angry too. Even the stuff that happens in your own heart that you wish you didn't do, that should make you angry. Like, oh, I don't wanna be like that. I want to be who God's calling me to be, to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with God. And so finally, put up that last screen. Uh, whenever you're looking at the Bible project, you'll see this little image and this represents Jesus. It's this idea that there's gonna be a future king, the king of kings, the prince of peace, who's gonna come. The, the, the Bible project shows how the whole story points to Jesus. And so here we see that Habakkuk does that as well. He says in the future, there'll be a king that actually is a good king. And then he says, uh, and then at the very, very end, the last chapter of the whole thing is Habakkuk singing about how God's going to defeat evil and bring justice to all and rescue the oppressed. And so Habakkuk sings a song. The whole third chapter is Habakkuk singing a song about how much he is so thankful to God even though he's still hurting inside. And it's so interesting that he sings both of those things. But he hears him saying there's gonna be a king who comes to make all the wrong things right. Okay, so Becca's gonna come back up and uh, read this next part passage in a minute here. So come on up, Becca. But I don't know about you, but when we, when we hear these woes, there's a lot of sad things we see that are really sad all around the world. Some of these five woes happen, don't they? And so Becca, I'm gonna have you do one more thing. Set this down for me. Here's what I want everybody to do to illustrate this. I've got some, some globes here. Do you wanna grab one of these? Grab another one. And these represent the whole world, right? And so when we look at these, can you notice how when me and Becca look at these, we can only see part of it at any one time? Can you see the whole thing? Nope, nope just part of it, right? And I think some of you maybe want a chance to see this. So we're gonna let you have some of these in a minute, but the adults have to promise not to go crazy. Can you promise that? So what's so cool about God is that God can see the whole thing at the same time. 
That's when we sing the song, God has the whole world in his hands. He can see everything, but we can't. We can only see a part of it. So we're gonna pass these out. How far can you throw it? Can you throw them out to people? Whoa, see you guys ought to sit closer. Maybe you should kick one or something. Try kicking it. All right. Oh, good, good. Maybe one for kicking. All right, pass them around so everybody gets a chance. Whoa, right at Isaac's face. Ugh, okay, there we go. So good job. So take those, take those around and look at one. Take one at a time and see how you can only see part of the world. God sees all the sad things in the world at the same time. Can you imagine? But God also sees all the good things in the world at the same time. And so when we look at the news like we did this week and we say, oh man, there's, a, there's people being killed in Sudan. That's terrible. There's people who are dying trying to flee out of their country because they're fe feeling so much oppression. There's more people that are migrating to the United States in the last month than since 2006, and there's not enough space for them, and they're being treated in ways that they don't have enough, enough for what they need. That is so sad, and God sees that. He sees all of that at the same time. When we think about our own lives, there's illness and fear and anxiety and sad things that we see in our own life all the time, don't we? And God sees all of that at the same time. God can see the whole world at one time. And so when Habakkuk says, but must I forever see this sin and sadness all around me? God says, I see it too. I see all of it. But there's something really exciting and Becca's gonna read the next passage for us to show us that he has more to say to the people. The time will come when all the earth is filled as the waters fill the sea with awareness of the glory of the Lord. Habakkuk 2.14. Let's give her one more round of applause. Good job. You can go sit down, good job. She didn't know we were gonna, we were gonna kick globes out, but I didn't want her to get too excited before I end. That was pretty fun. Okay, so you see this picture if you have your coloring book. You can see it's all filled. On one side, you can see that there's the woes or the laments, and you can fill out the laments that you might feel in your life. If you haven't started doing that, you can do that. What are some sad things that you want God to fix or heal? But then over here, you see this beautiful, go to the next picture, the beautiful picture of the earth, being filled with the glory of God. The presence of God fills the whole earth. This is an incredible thing. Glory means presence that God is going to come and cover the whole earth with his love and his mercy and his justice, and that's incredible. But go back to the woes again for a second, Rollin. I want you to consider if there's just one that you'd be willing to write down on a post-it note. One thing that makes you sad. One thing that makes you angry. Maybe it's something you saw in the news this week. Maybe it's something that you have in your own life that makes you feel really sad. And what's so cool is that, that David, the one who's written a lot of lamentations, a lot of laments, David says in one of his poems that God captures all of our tears in the, in the bottles or the bowls of heaven. That God cares about every single thing that makes you feel sad so much that God is collecting our tears. That God cares about the thing that makes you sad and the thing that makes you angry so much that he remembers all of them. And so in a little bit, when we have communion, you're gonna be able to take your thing that you wrote and be able to put it into one of these bowls of heaven to say, God, I want you to change this. And when we do that, we have to say, God, I want you to change me too. Because sometimes I'm really selfish. And sometimes I don't take care of other people or myself very well, and that makes you sad. So God, I wanna, I wanna give you that as well. That's what we'll be able to do. But then we have something even more exciting, and that's this next 
picture. Put that back up there, Roland. That God's glory will fill the whole earth. So let me illustrate that for you here, okay? So here we have one of our globes, the only one we didn't kick at you. And God can see the whole thing, like we said. And God sees what's happening all around the world. And 600 years, 700 years, somewhere in there, after Habakkuk spoke these words, Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, he unlocks the kingdom of God in this new way. And that means that there is an ability for humans to join into love and justice. Humans can be a part of making wrong things right. Humans can be a part of forgiving other people and showing mercy and love to other people. And Jesus invites us to join the kingdom of God. So it's kind of like this is the world right now that we live in. And this represents Jesus' kingdom coming. This is just a really big jar of blue paint. So this is really awesome if you want to come look at this later. I always want an excuse to mess with paint on a stage. All right. And so right now, Jesus' kingdom is coming all around us. But it's in the midst of all the little kingdoms. And so it kind of looks like little drips. A little drip here, a little drip there. And if we're paying attention, we might see God's kingdom coming all around us. Okay? But when this story is told, what is it saying in that picture? In that picture, it's saying someday it won't just be little drips like this all over the place. Someday, when Jesus comes back and Habakkuk is talking about something in the future that hasn't even happened yet, but it's in the book of Revelation, like Ashish was singing about, that in the future, God's going to come and make all the sad things untrue. And God is going to make all the wrong things right. And it says in Revelation that there'll be no more crying, so God won't have to collect any more tears. That there'll be no more pain, that there'll be no more suffering, no more woes, because God's kingdom will have come completely, just like Habakkuk said hundreds of years before Jesus even came. All right, so here it goes. We're going to try for the first time right up here to cover the earth with the glory of God. The kingdom of God is going to cover the earth. How many think it's going to make a really big mess? Okay, most of you. That's good. I feel really believed in right now and really trusted. I've already gotten it all over myself. All right, that's good. The glory of God, the love, the hope, the mercy, the justice, the making wrong things right will cover the whole entire earth. And someday this is going to happen. The whole earth will be covered. Is it covered over there yet? Almost? Is it covered now? Is it covered now? Is it covered now? Okay, everybody just wants me to dump the whole thing out. Okay, over here. Right here. You know why Mike is saying that, because he's named after a prophet. All right, we got it. This is it. The whole earth covered with the glory of God. And here we have Habakkuk saying this is going to happen. And we're still waiting for the day when God's love covers the whole earth like that. And every day that you feel super sad or super angry or frustrated or hurt, you have to remember, just like Habakkuk did, that in the future, God is going to make all the sad things untrue. This is the future hope that Habakkuk had. This is the future hope that we have. But sometimes it's hard to remember that because we're going through so much in our life. But this is the truth. This is who God is and who God promises to be in our lives. And what I think is so amazing about this is that Jesus, by coming, said, I will be with you. I'll be with you when you face those sad things. I'll be with you when you face those hard things. You are not alone. And if you haven't asked Jesus to be your leader or your savior, then that's the reality is you don't have Jesus with you in the midst of those things. It's such an important thing to say to Jesus, I want you to have my whole life. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my friend. 
I want you to be my savior. I want you to forgive me for all the things that are sad that, that I create in the world and are in my own heart, the ways I hurt other people that I love, and I don't want to do that. I, I, the ways that I'm selfish and I think about myself instead of other people who have needs. God, I want you to forgive me and help me. This is the most important decision you can make is to let Jesus be with you in the midst of all these things in your life, to give your life to him and let him be with you in those things. This is what Jesus promised says, I will hold on, I'll be with you until this day when I come again and I cover the whole earth with my love and I cover the whole earth with my hope and I cover the whole earth so that all the wrong things would be made right and all the sad things would be made untrue. The final, the final passage I wanna read is Habakkuk 3. This prayer was sung by Habakkuk at the very end. The whole thing's a prayer. Here's how the beginning starts. I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. I love how he's praising God, but he's also still asking God to do something. God tells us we can come to him, we can praise him and still ask God to do something. And in a minute, we're gonna sing a song that is just like that, where we're saying, God, you are good, but we are waiting and hoping and we need to hold on longer to know that you're gonna be with us and that someday we have a future hope that we need you to help us wait for and hold on to in the midst of all the hard things. So the band's gonna come up and we're going to take communion like we always do. And kids, you're welcome to join in with us, um, depending on your parents doing that with you. And what we're doing is Jesus said before he died, he said, I've got bread and a cup, something you're gonna see all the time. And every time you see bread or a cup, I want you to think about me, remember me. Just as this bread's been given to you, I, give my, I gave my body to you. Just as this cup has been given to you, my blood has been shed for you. So whenever you do this, remember who I am. And if you're somebody who wants to say, yes, Jesus, I want to remember you and I want you in my life, then coming and taking communion, this could be your first way of saying, Jesus, I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my savior. This is what I want. I don't understand it all, but I know that I want to be part of that future hope. That is what I want to experience in my life. So as we take communion, the worship team's gonna sing a new song that we haven't sang before. And it's a song that reminds us to hold on until this future hope, that the kingdom of God is ours because of Jesus' death and his resurrection. He came back to life to say the kingdom is yours. Join in with me, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with me. I will forgive you, I will set you free. The kingdom is yours, but you have to hold on because sometimes it's gonna be hard and sometimes there's gonna be suffering. But I know from my own life, it made all the difference and has made all the difference that Jesus is with me in that. So you'll hear that in that song. Pay attention as you hear the words. Sometimes the song is talking about you or me. Other times it's talking about others or maybe people that you wanna be like at some point in your life. So when you're ready, you can come up to take communion. We form two lines here. The communion service can come up and you can take the bread, it's gluten-free, dip it into the cup and go around this way. Bring up your laments if you want to and put, place them in the bowls that'll be here. And then if you'd like prayer, there'll be people here on the walls for you.